let's go ahead and get started tonight if we can, please. Got a good crowd. So if everybody could come on in, we'll get started with our kids singing tonight. We need everybody in. I hope we'll, we'll start remembering this kid singing is not just for the kids. The adults can learn just as much from it. All right, how many books in the Bible? How many? 66. Let's begin with the Old Testament. Ready? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Boom, 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 boom,
Yes, and God is not the author of confusion, okay? All right, let's close out with our one, two, three song. Ready? One, We're going to go ahead and uh, get ready to go to class, but before we do so, we've got some announcements. And man, uh, this crowd tonight is big. I'm looking forward to getting our count tonight. We're glad you're here. Uh, if you're visiting with us tonight, thank you for being here especially. And uh, I hope you'll enjoy our Bible classes uh, and give us a chance before you take off tonight to, to visit with you and talk with you and, and thank you for being here. Just a few updates that I want to make tonight. Lisa Griffin's mother, Dolores, is going to be having surgery on Tuesday, breast cancer surgery. Uh, and so we uh, want to pray for her and remember her in our prayers in just a minute. Also, uh, Sister Martha Eaton remains in the local hospital. She's in room 226, and uh, she is able to have visitors now. But uh, she seems to be doing well. You would never know by just talking to her that she had a stroke, and we're thankful uh, that she's making good progress. Also, just for those of you that might want to know, uh, Jody's going to be coming home tomorrow, so I'm very thankful for that. So uh, uh, please pray for her safe travels. This coming Wednesday night, all adult classes will meet here in the auditorium. I'm looking forward to hearing Terry Smith that's going to give us uh, an outstanding mission report on the work in Uganda. Also, there's going to be a meeting of all lads to leader event, all lads to leader event leaders and those that might be interested in helping next Sunday evening, uh, September the 10th, following our classes. The Golden Circle Lunch is set for Tuesday, September the 12th, and that's all the announcements that I have tonight. Uh, will you please bow with me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the day. We're so thankful for all that you do for us, the many blessings that you give us each and every day. Father, we're mindful of many that are on our list tonight that are sick, they're on our minds and their hearts. We especially want to think about uh, Martha Eaton and the stroke that she suffered this weekend. We pray that you would bless her. She's in the hospital. We're thankful she's doing as well as she is. We pray for her continued recovery as uh, she undergoes further testing. Please watch over her and please bless Brother Harold as well. We're also mindful of uh, Lisa Griffin's mother, Dolores, as she has breast cancer surgery on Tuesday. We pray for the success of that procedure and that all will go well. And Father, there are so many others that we know that are sick now that need our prayers. Please be with those and those that are attending to their needs. And also, Father, to, for those that have lost loved ones, we pray your comfort and strength would be upon them. We are so thankful for this church. We're thankful that uh, we are moving forward, and we pray that you'll bless this church in the future. We're so thankful for the process that we've undergone in the selection of two new elders uh, and we pray for all six of our elders now, Father, that they'll continue to lead the church here in the way that it should go. We're thankful for their vision. We're thankful for their leadership and their care and concern for all of us who are in the local flock here. And we pray that you would bless each one of them with health and strength and wisdom as they lead us in the way that uh, you would have us to go. Father, be with us in our Bible classes tonight. And we're so thankful for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. And it's his name that we pray. Amen.
All right, some of you, before you go to class, some of you young men need to come to me. I need some more song leaders. Okay? good day today. I have a list of sick people I'm going to share with you and if you have some updates or you would like to add some at the end, we'll be glad to do that. Irene Baker is Melinda Hester's mother. She has terminal cancer. She's in, I think, a lot of pain consistently now. But we pray she'll have good days with her family. Austin Lentz is undergoing a long series of treatments. He's been doing pretty well through that. Wade Davis is still missing after well over a year now. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Paul Rollison has cancer. Lex and Regina Crossing have health issues. I saw Lex a few days ago. He really appreciates all the prayers. Marty Woodruff and his wife Donna both have cancer. Eli Johnson, still taking treatments.
brother. Is he still in the hospital? Okay, so we're waiting on that. And we pray for you too, Abby. Eddie Kraft, preacher, has cancer. Treva Brown's brother, Michael's in rehab. Madonna Cook, remember her, she's recovering. She seems to be doing okay. Jayla Ross, any update on her? She's, I'm, I'm assuming, remains in a coma from an accident. Uh, Susan Wood has breast cancer. Chester Donovan has heart problems. Johnny Derrick has lung cancer. Wanda Devon uh, is about the same in her situation. Flora Warner, she doing any better? Loving it there at Landmark now. She loves being able to call her, her son four times a day. <coughs> so... Um, you heard it, Jody Smith, coming home tomorrow, Lord willing. Ben's still having back trouble, really bothering him. Sammy Barnett <coughs> found a spot on his kidney. How's Pat? Wee bit better. Okay, good. A lot of COVID going around. Here's a, here's a survivor. You're back. Glad to have you. Brian Rowland, he seems to be doing well. I think they're on vacation. Uh, Lawan Ost, remember her, her recovery. Brenda Dawson, uh, her hand. Joyce Morris, she was here today. She's here right now. Hey, Joyce, yeah. Glad to have you back. Uh, Sue Mason had knee replacement surgery, and we pray she'll have a full recovery. Uh, Monique Brown is a friend of Missy Barnett. She has breast cancer. Billy Martin has a friend. Christy Nash has a debilitating disease. Her prognosis is not good. Norma Hemwell's very sick. Wilda Gardner's son-in-law, is he out of the hospital? Okay, good. He's doing well. Okay, glad to hear that. Jack Elliott uh, had a heart attack and has some kidney issues. Joy Jameson had his surgery. He's recovering from that. Ray Benson's aunt, LaVita, had some surgery on Monday. She's doing okay. Okay, so Larry's, Larry Morgan's still recovering from his surgery. Uh, he was running a low-grade temp, had a head and chest congestion. You know, these days you're scared when that happens. So they uh, took him to Boonville, had him checked out. He was negative for everything, so hopefully he's going to get better. He's going back to the doctor on Thursday to remove the catheter. We're just praying all that goes well. His jet congestion gets better. Sandra McVeigh, <clears throat> McVeigh has pancreatic cancer. Uh, we want to remember folks recovering from the hurricane. Rhonda Lansdale's a friend of Missy Barnett. She has breast cancer. Denise Martin has COVID. She's, she is really sick. Uh, she just constantly is coughing. Uh, of course, you heard Martha Eaton had a stroke this weekend. Um, she's got some uh, blockages here in her neck, so probably going to be looking at some surgery down the road. Uh, Brenda, they had to go back there and take the Lord's up because she was in the ER this morning. But she's kicking high now. Her potassium got really low. So, you know, you need to eat a banana. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah. 
But stay hydrated and, you know, it's easy. Get your electrolytes out of whack. And Lisa Griffin's mother, as you heard, is having breast cancer surgery. Do you have anybody else you want on this list? Okay. Then we will have our prayer and begin our study. <clears throat> is there a bottle of water here around somewhere? I just am going to anticipate that I'm going to choke up. Thank, thank you. Chris is on it. Thank you. All right, let's have our prayer and then we'll begin our study. Father, thank you so much for the privilege it is to be assembled again and to think about these folks who are sick and we're really praying, Lord, that they'll recover or that their circumstances are going to get better. And we pray your blessings on us as we reach out to them. Pray that we can make a difference in their life. Bless Irene Baker with good days. Be with Austin Wentz and his treatments. We pray for the Davis family and Dale's missing. Bless Bobby Petty and Paul Rollison who have cancer. Pray for the Crossons that their circumstances would get better. Be with Marty and Donna Woodruff as they both have cancer. We pray for Eli Johnson as he is undergoing treatments. Bless John and Peggy Roten. Be with Ann Langford that her condition will improve. We pray for Emma Hutton who has cancer, Paula Nichols, and uh, Rick shared with us the attempt to do, or the thoughts to do surgery, but it being too risky uh, now, just reverting back to, I guess, normal, normal type treatments. But we just pray, Lord, that uh, she'll respond and that she'll get better. We were sharing Strickland, Grace and Miller, who have cancer. We pray your blessings on Lauren as she goes through her pregnancy. We pray that she'll stay healthy and the baby will be healthy. Be with Linda Garrett as she's undergoing follow-up treatments. We just pray you'll give her the endurance that's necessary to get through this month. Pray for Barbara Foster who has breast cancer. Bless the Woodrows. Be with Larry Muse as he's battling cancer. We pray for Lennox and Micah as they both are so young dealing with cancer. Pray for Sybil Tollison, who has Alzheimer's. Be with Jeremy Owens and increase his health. Bless Sherry Floyd that she can have a full recovery. Be with Loxley Eaton, who has cancer. We pray for Joanne as she experienced numbness in her feet and hands. We rejoice Randy's doing so well. We pray he'll have a full recovery and be back to his normal activities be with Gabe George as he awaits additional help with his condition. And bless Abby as she's trying to make decisions that are best for him and for her. We pray for Eddie Kraft in his battle with cancer. Bless Michael uh, Treva Brown's brother as he's going through some rehabilitation. Bless Madonna Cook that she'll have a full recovery. We pray for Jayla Ross that she'll wake up and be with her family as they worry over her. Pray for Susan Wood as she battles cancer. Bless Chester Donovan to have success over these cardiac problems. We're thankful that he's doing some better. Be with Johnny Derrick who has lung cancer. Wanda Devon who's not well. Pray for Flora Warner that She'll adjust to her new living circumstances.
Bless Jody as she travels home and keep her safe and bless her mother as she continues to improve. Pray for Ben Roberts that his health will get better and he, he will get stronger. Be with Sammy Barnett who is undergoing some tests. We're thankful that Pat Cooper is doing some better and pray that she'll get back to a good state of health. Bless Brian Rowland in his health issues. Bless Lawan Austin, her recovery. Pray for Brenda Dawson. She'll have a full recovery. Bless Joyce Morris, that all of, all of her strength will return to her and she'll feel like herself again. Bless Sue Mason as she recovers from this knee surgery. And we just pray, Lord, that she will be back on her feet very soon. And if she has to have an additional knee surgery, surgery on the other leg, we pray all that's going to work out just perfectly for her. Bless Monique Brown, Missy's friend who has cancer. Be with Billy Martin's friend, Christy, in her disease. We pray for Norma that she'll get stronger every day. Be with David Wentz as he tries to regain his strength from having been in the hospital for so long. Ask your blessings on Jack Elliott and on Brandon, too, as he's concerned about his uncle's health. We pray for Joy Jameson's full recovery. Bless Ray Benson's Aunt Levita that she'll have a full recovery. Ask your blessings on Larry Morgan as he's still going through some complications from his recent surgery. We pray that he'll recover and he'll be back with us very soon. Bless Sandra McVeigh, who has pancreatic cancer. Bless those who are recovering out of the aftermath of the hurricane. Pray for Rhonda Lansdale, who has cancer. Bless Denise Martin that she'll recover quickly from her bout with COVID and just strengthen her every day. We ask your blessings on Martha Eaton and that she will recover and be strong and if she has to have additional treatment, we pray all of that will work together for her good. Bless Brenda Taylor. We're thankful that she was able to get quick treatment and we pray that she'll not have any more problems. And we're glad she's back here tonight. And be with Lisa Griffin's mother who's having surgery. Lord, bless us too as we're, we're doing what you told us to do. We're studying words of wisdom with the expectation that you will make us wise in the application of these things. And Lord, just help us to implement in our life the things that will bring about that result. And then that we can use that in order to impact other lives for good. Thank you that you make that possible for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so last time we talked some about suffering. All of us suffer from one degree or another, like me, suffering, thinking that I might choke here. So Chris is my deliverer in that regard. Thank you, Chris. Ah, that's much better. Okay, so what you get from this book, generally speaking, we're going to look at some additional things from that less spoken of character of the book, Elihu. But what you get from the book is, generally speaking, 
you know what? We don't really know <laughs> from whence our suffering comes. We don't always, always have a sense of, of how it happens. Sometimes it's out of no fault of our own that we suffer. Maybe it's the result of somebody else's actions. Maybe it is the result of something that we did, but we can't quite put our finger on exactly what happened to bring about the results that we have now. But one thing that we can be confident in as a child of God is that no matter where it came from, we got to hold on to the one thing, the integrity that Job had. That is, we hold on to our faith. We trust that Almighty God is going to make good out of bad circumstances. I reminded you of the conversation that Paul had with the Lord when he had that thorn in the flesh and he goes to the Lord three times. The Lord's response from 2 Corinthians 12 was, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect or complete in weakness. It almost makes you want to ask for weakness, <laughs> right? So that the Lord will provide this strength in order to endure. Whether you ask for it or not, it seems to be the process. When we want to grow or we want to be stronger, we ask for strength, but it's kind of like when we ask for patience, right? Kind of runs hand in hand. In James chapter two, you get patience through the experience of trials. It is a byproduct of it. So we want to be stronger. We want to be more patient. We want all of these good things, but the only way that a lot of that is going to come is through difficulties and strife. And that is something that really is nailed in the book. No matter where the difficulty comes from, there is the ability to persevere. And in Romans chapter eight and verse eight, we know that the Lord does what? All things work together for good to those who are the called according to his purpose. I'm trusting God for a positive outcome. Doesn't mean God afflicted me, but he can take whatever it is that comes down the road and he can work it out for good. So there's, there's kind of a, and there's so much time spent on misconceptions that you begin to think that's the whole story, but it isn't. It sets up what we're going to examine here tonight. And that is the response of a man by the name of Elihu. Now that's going to be covered in chapters and you'll be surprised that you get this deep into the story, but it's chapters 32 to 37 where Elihu actually gives his dissertation and it's the truth about how these things really work. Now the problem with the wife and Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar is that they were going with commonly held beliefs. The commonly held belief was you've suffered because you've committed some sin. And so the wife out of her consent, her concern says, Hey, why don't, you know, why don't you just curse God and go ahead and die? I mean, that would put an end to all of this. Okay. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hold to my integrity. Okay. Well, the friends come along then and they're basically saying the same thing. We looked at some of those quotations last time. They're urging him to do the same thing. Just own up to the sinful condition. In fact, Zophar comes along and he's a little bit more sneaky, right? He's like, yeah, you know, I'm with you there. 
So why don't you just own up to me what you did? It's kind of like, well, wait a minute, what? Okay, there's that which was wrong, the wrong perception of what has happened. On the flip side of that, when, and here, here, is, here is the consequence of mainstream thought that is wrong. Okay, the consequence of mainstream thinking that's wrong. In other words, when everybody believes this, but it's wrong, they put pressure on the people who are afflicted, and then they really are put in a corner. For instance, they come to Job and they say, well, you need to repent of this sin that obviously you have, and if you'll repent, then maybe God will change your circumstances. Maybe he'll relent on the punishment that he's given you. Maybe he'll restore some of these things. You know, just own up to it. Okay, instead of saying, you know what, I, I kind of don't know what's happened, and I'm not a perfect man, but I just really don't see this as a judgment of God. Instead of, instead of going that way, what he does is he goes clear to the other extreme. He says, whoa, I'm a righteous man. And basically, how dare you make these accusations against me? But I'll tell you what, God has some things to answer for because I'm not guilty and I definitely don't deserve the punishment that I've got. So he goes to the other extreme. Now he's kind of holed up here and he's saying, I'm righteous and God just needs to listen to my situation and answer me for what he has done. Well, this Elihu, a younger character in the book, the sixth character, a character that just kind of pops in on the scene, but has been in the background a little bit. He's been respectful of what he's been hearing because he is younger. And I want to pick up with you. Uh, this is where the thing begins here in Job chapter 32. But I, I love how this thing unfolds with Elihu. And, and I, wanted to share, I wanted to share a little bit of this with you. Okay, it begins at verse 2. And we're going to go through verse 9. It says, then the wrath. Now, when somebody has wrath. What has happened to them? Angry. He has blown his top. And it doesn't say, you know, Elihu, up until this point, he, he was getting angry. It's just like all of a sudden, bang. He is mad and he can't take any more of it. And the reason why is because Elihu in this story is... It's almost like God is being put on trial. Is, is that how you kind of take it? It's almost like God is being put on trial by all these false accusations on both sides. Number one, on the part of the friends and the wife who are representing God as just being arbitrary and you, you do something he don't like and he zaps you. That's one characteristic, one characterization of God. On the other side, you've got poor old Job who says, well, I don't know what I did. And you know, God needs to answer me. And so all these people are, they're in their own thinking and they're misrepresenting God. Elihu comes on the scene and he's like, I have had it. This just makes me so mad. <laughs> so the wrath of Elihu, the son of Barakel, the Buzzide of the family of Ram was aroused against Job. 
Now here's poor pitiful Job. You get in this picture? He's got all these sores around him. He's been sitting in, you know, ashes. He's wrapped up and he's like, you know what? I don't care. I'm letting, I'm go, I'm going to tell you, you know, I have sympathy for it. Terrible this happened, but listen, you've got this all wrong. So he's aroused against Job. His wrath was aroused because Job, he justified himself rather than God. In Job chapter 27, verses 5 and 6, listen to Job talk. He says, far be it from me that I should say you are right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. I will never say I did anything wrong. What? Elihu says, are you out of your mind? Nobody is perfect like that. And it just makes me so mad that you would say that. You justify yourself before God, really? Also against his three friends, his wrath was aroused because they had found no answer. And yet they had condemned Job. Now watch that. He has something for everybody, right? He is not happy with anybody. He is going to defend God and he's going to take on the false accusations of Job's friends. He's going to take on the fact that God is righteous and he's always right and almighty. And we just accept his decision. And then Job, by the way, I sympathize. And you know what? I, I kind of see that you got put there in the corner, but you're not right either because you're not perfect. And how dare you challenge God? that he's got to drop everything that he's doing to answer you. Now, because they were years older than he, Elihu had waited to speak to Job. When Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, his wrath was aroused. What should these three aged men have been able to do? Speak a little. There you, ding, 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 ding. See how much smarter you're getting already? They should have been able to speak from wisdom. Listen, we've seen this all before. Hang in there. But no, you're, you're guilty. So Elihu, the son of Barakel the Buzzite, he answered, and here's what he said. I'm, I'm young in years, and you're very old. Therefore, I was afraid and dared not declare my opinion to you. I said, age should speak, and multitude of years should teach Wisdom, But there is a spirit in man and a breath of the almighty that gives him <coughs> understanding. Question, do you have to be old to be wise? No, not if you have what? Not if you've studied, not if you have God's word in you. And so he's like, I haven't heard these guys mention it yet. So what? I have the word. I, I know how this goes. And so now I am prompted by the lack of wisdom, by the lack of showing on the part of men who should have been wise, I'm ready to go. He said, there's a spirit that does that. Great men, verse nine, are not always wise, nor do the aged always understand justice. So chapter 32 He's going to kind of lay out his position here. I'm not on anybody's side. The only, the only one that I represent here is God, is God. So next in chapter 33, Elihu's going to turn 
Okay, his attention to Job. Now, what was it? Job had declared, oh, I'm a victim here, and God needs to answer me. God needs to answer for what he's been doing to me. So look, look at uh, Job 33 and verse 12. Job 33 and verse 12. Look, in this, you are not righteous. I will answer you, for God is greater than man. Okay, Elihu is speaking to Job. Job, you had this wrong. You wanted God to answer you. What I'm telling you is that God is greater than you are. What is the implication there? But have you ever done it? Why me? Lord, why don't you listen to me? Psalm number 11, David describes God's eyelids. Okay? He says, I trust in the Lord. But here's the thing about the Lord sometimes. It's like I want to, in, in a way of speaking, I want to be able to look to God and know that he's watching everything that I do. So when things go bad, my natural inclination is to blame God for it. Like you aren't, you know, you aren't watching. I thought you were on call 24 hours a day. Why did that sneak up on me? Why did that happen? Well, that doesn't mean that God wasn't watching. Maybe God has allowed this to happen for a purpose. Uh, maybe there's some end to this. Maybe, there, maybe God didn't have anything to do with it. Maybe God is just as upset about what has happened as you are. But for us to stand back and say, well, why, God, um, hey, this is happening. Would you stop what you're doing and pay attention here? Okay, does that work with God, by the way? I'm thinking the almighty creator of the universe me, one of 8 billion people, demand that the Lord answer me right now. What does Elihu say? Are, are, are you out of your mind? That is not how we treat Almighty God. We don't demand that He answer us. You say, well, I thought God cared about me. I thought God cared to the extent that he, you know, all the hairs on your head are numbered and, and he does. But what I see in this circumstance is not necessarily what God sees in this circumstance. Maybe God is waiting to see how this thing plays out. Or maybe God is taking this circumstance in order to create something better. I, me, I'm sizing up. I just don't want to suffer. You know, I just don't want to see this go the way it seems to be going. And so I want it to stop. That is not always the answer. In fact, in terms of growth, how does a person grow? Just by being left alone all the time? No, we grow through trials and tribulations. Nobody wants to, if I put a sign-up sheet out there and said, anybody want to get up on the trial and tribulation bus? We're leaving here after church services. I'm not signing it, are you? I don't want that. In fact, I've had people say to me, like we were talking about James chapter one. They say, well, I'm never going to pray for patience. 
Because in order to get patience, I'm going to have to have trials come on. Well, now wait and stop and think of what you're saying. I pray for patience because I want that attribute in my life. Just like I want all the other attributes. How do you think love and faithfulness and gentleness and kindness and self-control, how do those things ever come to be? Growth. And how do I grow? Uh, some of you know this better than I do, but I did read uh, several years ago about, they had this, they had this station out in the desert somewhere. It's, it's an artificial environment. The idea was they're going to practice like having a station on Mars or some other place where they have to create an environment. And so they had this earth pod out there. They got some volunteers who are going to live in this thing for a year or two years, some, some long period of time. Well, it was like an idyllic environment, right? They had all the plants and the, the different vegetables and things that they need in order to sustain life. I mean, it was an eco pod. They go in there, uh, they have everything that they need to sustain life. Air, water, everything is centralized in this unit, replenished by the things that are in the unit. So they planted trees in there because tree leaves take the carbon dioxide out of the air and turn it back into oxygen. Wow, what a great idea. But here in this pod, they did not account for what you actually have outside in the environment, like wind and storms and things like that. Because what happened was the trees that they planted in that thing, oh, they shot up quick. They shot up straight. And then as soon as they got a certain height, guess what happened to them? Boink. They started falling and tearing stuff up. And it's like, you know how researchers are. They're all, always such geniuses. What's happened? You know, is it the root system? Do we blah, blah, blah? No, come to find out <clears throat> these particular trees out in a natural environment, when there's a storm, the tree bends, but when the tree bends, what happens to the bark? It stretches, it cracks, it, it, it goes through tribulation. And so what the tree does naturally is it repairs those broken or torn areas. Every time it bends and twists, it's not getting weaker, it's getting Stronger. Under duress, things get stronger. Okay. Elihu says, wait, wait a minute, Job. You know, you're, you're accusing God, demanding that he answer you. But the truth of the matter is, God has things in motion you don't know anything about. So how, does, how is it that you can speak that way, making these demands of God? In chapter 34, Elihu then turns his attention to God's justice. Now, that, that's an interesting study, but I just, just want to look at this statement here in chapter 34, verse 12. Surely God will never, listen to me now, say, why has God done this to me? Stop, let's examine. What is it that he's done to you? We'll characterize it as a bad thing or how unfair it was or any number of things. You hear people out in the world, if they use God's name, or if they talk about the God that we serve, they'll talk about him in negative terms, like he's taken something away from them, or that he is to be accused of some vile thing. But what does this text say? He will never, 
It is not a part of his character to do a sinful thing. He is without sin. He will never do wickedly, nor will the Almighty pervert justice. God will always do what? God will always do what is right. Now, I don't care what it is. If, if we know that God did this, then guess what? It was right. I don't like it. Peace. But God did it because it is right. Sadly, we often blame or make accusations against God for things that he had nothing to do with. We say, well, why did God take my loved one away from me? God did not take your loved one away from you. They died in a car accident. They had a sickness. They died in their sleep. They died as a result of the sin of someone else. A drunk driver hit them. I hear sermons all the time about, well, uh, so-and-so, you know, we, just, we can just take solace in the fact that God, God took them. He needed another grandmother. He needed another this or that. God did not do that. And just as much as God is blamed for things that he does not do, so too also when we back up from that, we begin to think, well, okay, maybe I did something. Maybe you didn't do anything either. Maybe it's just the result of circumstances beyond our control. Where do we put the blame? Sometimes there isn't any blame to wield except to say that we live in an environment that is very hostile. It is hostile. Why? God designed it that way. How did it ever get to be a design like that? Because the original design was like what? Ever hear of the Garden of Eden? Tree of life? Animals just kind of hanging out with one another? Never hearing about anything dying? Why is that? Because sin had not entered into the picture. Soon as sin comes, what happens? Things start falling apart. Did God do that? Did God bring sin into this world? He absolutely did not. God does not do anything what? Wickedly. God is not the author of that. Never does wickedly. Elihu then turns to Job who says, woe is me. You know, everybody have sympathy for Job. This happened to me and it wasn't even my fault. He turns to Job in Job chapter 35 and look at verses 13 and 14. He said, surely, okay, I'm the victim. Um, God's done this to me. He needs to answer for what he's done. That's Job's thing. He needs to answer me for what he's done. This is actually before actually God does answer and Job goes into a hole. <laughs> okay, right now Job's pretty proud because he's fighting his friends and now he's got Elihu preaching to him. But right now Job's feeling pretty good about himself. But listen to this, surely God will not listen to empty talk. Empty talk in the sense that you keep saying stuff, but you don't know what you are talking about. This whole business about I'm righteous and God needs to answer me. Boy, you really sound like a champion there, but you have no idea what it is that you're talking about. So he says, surely God's not going to listen to that kind of empty talk, nor will the almighty regard it. It's not coming up on his radar. Although you say, 
You do not see him, yet justice is before him, and you must wait for him. When will, when will the resolution of this problem come? We sing about it all the time. It will come in his time. It will come in his time. How long does it take for God to act? It can happen boom like that. It can take 25 years, as in the case of Abraham and Sarah. It can take 400 years, as in the promise of the promised land. It can take all of history if he wants it to. So he goes, and by the way, if you've got problems, when do you want them solved? <laughs> I mean, see, raise your hand if you have ever expected the answer to come now. Okay, not many of you. Okay, whatever. But I put myself in that. I've been in that place where I wanted an answer right now. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it's like amazing. I had this lady I went to visit one time. She, I mean, she was pitiful. She had had brain surgery. It, it, she was in a pitiful state. And all that she could basically do was lie in her bed and watch her television. And she loved to watch Getting to Know Your Bible with Billy Lambert. So I'm there talking with her and she's just telling me this story about that. And you know what I prayed for? I did. I prayed that the Lord would restore her cable TV. You say, Ken, that's ridiculous. No, it is not. Why is that ridiculous? Because that cable TV would also restore what to her? Watching Billy Lambert on Getting to Know Your Bible. So I said my prayer in all sincerity. And we cried together and then I left. And then come Wednesday night, her sister-in-law, Diane, came to me as quick as she could from the back up to the front. And she said, Ken, you will never guess what. And I'm thinking, what, Diane? She said, not only did she get her cable restored, but she's got more channels now than she ever had. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, do not tell anybody. Do not tell anybody. And then, of course, she's coming up all the time like, now, Ken, I need this or I need that. I'm like, I am, I am not in business to restore things to people. But do you see what that, that, that was a need that existed, a trial and a tribulation. And I thought, you know what? This is legitimate. This is something that would benefit and bless her life. And I'm not afraid to pray for it if it will result in good things like that. In chapter 36, Elihu says, you know what? God is absolutely great. Job 36, verse 26, behold, God is great and we do not know him, nor can the number of his years be discovered. How long has God been going compared to you? How do you relate to God? God was so unrelatable that he sent Jesus. I mean, isn't that what Jesus came to do? To show us the father. People just didn't get him. They didn't. So, okay, I'll send my son 
and he'll live among you. You can learn about me through him. I don't know everything about God through that. How could I? But I know, I know the important, relatable things about God. He says, you know, you're, you're coming to God like, why this and why that? And why don't you? And why didn't you? And it's like, you, you are demanding things of God. You don't even know him. I say, I know God. I, you know what God wants you to know about him. And what that is, is amazing. How much more glorious is God beyond that? I don't think it is within our comprehension. Way past. Absolutely right. And then here's the last taste of this. Job 37 and verse 14. Listen to this, oh Job. This will fix it. What you need to do is stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Right there is the advice. I know people print stuff and put it up on their walls all the time, but right there. Why this? Why that? What we need to do is just stop for a moment and consider the wondrous works of God. Let's have prayer and then will be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for sharing these things with us. You are great and we're small, but where else could we go but you? We trust you. And Lord, give us, give us that patience. Give us endurance to face the things that are in our path and help us to be like Job, that despite not knowing, that we just relinquish our own testimony of righteousness, and we just trust you and thank you for your deliverance, which is always faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.